Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Philippians 3 and 12. We're in this, we're, I like the passion, it reads so good. We've been in this series about pressing for the prize. I'm just going to give you a couple quick things today. They're going to help you with your pressing. They're going to help you with your pushing. They're going to help you with your success. Woo, come on, somebody. I'm believing it. Look at this. Look at, look at Philippians 3 and 12. The ushers will keep serving you. I'm going to go slow, let you get this truth. How many know you press for a prize for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus? Amen. <laughs> Ain't that good? Yeah. How many feel like you're pressing? Man. How many feel like you're pushing? Hey, I mean, you know, it ain't easy pressing and pushing. You just got to keep doing it. But I want to give you some spiritual truths that are going to help you today because I really think it's important that you understand this. You know, Christianity is not always simple, but God sure is faithful. You know what I'm saying? You always got to press and push. Look what he says. I admit that I haven't yet really acquired the absolute fullness that I am in pursuit of, but I run with passion into this abundance, so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to, right? And he calls me to discover. Everybody's got a purpose in this room. You got a God-given purpose before you had a natural purpose. And in life, as you start pushing forward with God, your desire and destiny is about fulfilling that purpose. Why, Why on earth am I here? What am I here for? You know, all these things. But what we have to understand is this, is that Jesus said that we have to press for a prize. Now, I don't know about you. Maybe we understand what the prize is. Maybe we don't know what the prize is. But the prize is all about this. It's what I'm called to do. It's the purpose why I'm here. It's my life. It's serving God. And sometimes in serving God, it gets a little, it gets a little maybe, I don't want to say hard, but harder to follow the path. Yeah. So we've got to understand this thing is a press. Sometimes in life, I don't think we really we really reveal everything to you about how important it is to press. And I want to give you some elements of pressing because not every day I want to press. You know, in the morning service, it was kind of funny. They were looking at me and I said, look, I don't want to read my Bible. I make myself read my Bible. Right. <laughs> Let's just be straight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't want to pray. I make myself pray. Right. Come on, right? You, got, you guys got to realize this. Like, you don't wake up every day and there's like this heavenly rainbow over your room going, oh, you're up today. This is going to be great. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't be like 9 o'clock. Come on, help me, man. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right? Ain't it true? Like, you ever, the Bible says, don't think it a strange thing when you press through the fiery trial. It's coming to try your faith. Yep. How many of you get all, it says, but it's really great. It's better than precious gold. It don't feel like gold. It feels like a miserable nightmare. Like, God, really? What's next? How many of you get excited about the promises of God? Yeah. Right? And then you go after it. And you realize the pain it took to get it. How many get excited about the next promise? Not me. I don't even look for another project. I'm like, God, I just got out of this. Now we got to get into something new. Can we take a break for like a week? Can we go on vacation from the promises of God? Because this is cute in the beginning. But now you didn't tell me about all the 
heaven I had to walk through to get through this mess and hold on to this thing. And how many of you are holding on to the marriage and you're holding on to your finances? You're holding on to that kid, right? You've been talking to that kid and talking to that kid and talking to that kid. And you're like, God, if there's a God in heaven, trust me, I'm either going to beat it in you or get it out of you one way or the other. But I don't know how. But guess what? This is not a simple journey. It's a press for a prize. And if it's a press, that means you got to push. And sometimes when you're pushing all the time, pressing, you don't know, man, if it's worth it. I promise you it is. And this is what he said right here. Look what he says in the next verse. He said, I have not achieved this prize, but I press for the prize of this high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Look at the next verse. Pop that up there. He said what? I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. That's the key. I can't do it in my strength. That's why he said, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. You got to lean on God. I got to lean on the tools I know that God has given me to make it because otherwise I'm not going to accomplish this stuff. Why? Because what? I have one thing I do. I got one compelling focus. I forget about the past and I fasten my heart to the future instead. Amen. Now listen, okay? Now leave that up there. Let them see that, okay? Because this helps you see this. Forget about your past. Man, you cannot look into your past and find your future. Forget about your past. Now, let me tell you right here. Now, watch. Now, I'm going to get meddling because I like this because I was telling, you know, I went through this business thing. I did this for these business guys. You know, they bring you in. It's real cute. You know, everybody's like, okay, what are you going to talk about? You know, and they're like kind of like talking about. So, like, yeah, I'll come in. And you talk vision because vision is the key. You know, you get all these guys are sharp, real cool. It's good. Vision. See, this is what people don't understand. So, the Bible says without vision, the people perish. But that was cute, but I didn't get it. But the Bible says in a different translation, it says, without vision, people cast off restraint. That makes sense. What do you mean? That if you don't have clear focus, you run aimlessly through life. You know what I'm saying? I got a lot of sports people in here. It's good, yeah. I got you. Coach is here too today. He can help you. Come on, coach. I got a point guard over there for you, man. I'm playing. I'm, we're working it out. We got a lot of athletes in the room. I like it. It produces energy for me. He's here. He's here to see you. So we got it. So I can do 10 <laughs> things at once. So just stay with me. All the people that don't know what's going on, stay with me. Okay? So you start looking at this and go, what about my past, though? Vision. Vision is focus. And vision starts telling you what time to get up in the morning. Vision starts telling you who you can hang out with. Why did I bring that up? Because you can't hang out with everybody. Why? You're not allowed to. Vision tells me what time to go to bed. Vision tells me what time to get up. Without clear vision, your life's all over the place. So you got to get focused. Now, here's the thing with focus. Focus is tough because focus isn't easy because focus takes total attention. Most people don't know how to focus. Broken focus, broken dreams. If I can keep your focus, I can change your feelings. Your feelings are simple to change. All I got to do is change your focus. I can change what you feel. But here's the key. Most people don't realize that the law of vision must collide with the law of focus. They're God's laws. What do you mean the law of vision? The law of vision is simple. What do you see? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you see is what you'll become. That's why you got to be careful what you put in front of your eyes and your ears. Because why? You become it sooner or later. That's why association means that. Get rid of your ding-dong friends today. Cut it out. Oh, they're good for me. No, they're not. And let me, let me, let, while I'm meddling, let's get this over. Get rid of your ding-dong friends. Get rid of all those people you don't need around. 
Tell them goodbye. Tell them Pastor Chris said to tell them goodbye. I could care less what you do. I don't read my hate mail anyway. So let's move on. Get rid of the ding-dongs. Get rid of the people causing problems. Get rid of this. Watch who you're hanging out with. And most of all, God has not sent you to be the saving grace assignment to some of the people in your life. They don't listen to you. They don't respect you. They don't value your voice. Go! Let me do it again. Okay? They don't respect you. Why they don't respect you? Who knows and who cares? That doesn't mean you're not to be respected. They just don't. Stop wasting your time. Y'all love a charity case, some self-help projects. You're all DIY experts. Will you cut it out? <laughs> Tell them and say, what are we going to do? And then go, hey, praise God, you're not my assignment anymore. Because you're wasting your time. You're wasting. Right. Look, man, I'm good at this. Learn through my pain, man. I'm not being arrogant. I'm just trying to help them. Trying to... No. If, you ain't li- if they don't reach, got to let them go. See what I'm saying? Because they're wasting your focus now. So you got to focus. He said, one thing I do, I forget the past. If you do not forget the past, you will live in regret. Now let me ask you, can you do anything about the past? No. Can you do anything about the future? No. Watch this. You can't really yet. You only got today. I tell you this is that. Has anyone ever seen tomorrow? No. Why? I ain't never seen it. It always shows up as today. All you got is this 24 to change your life. You can't go, I'm going to, what are you going to do about the past? You can't do nothing about the past. Let it go. Put it to bed. Come on. Well, I was high. I had one guy who was like drunk for 30 years or something. I don't know. He was shot out. Right? He said, I don't remember 83 to like, two th- I'm serious. His mom got on the phone with me. She said, I never talked to him straight a day in my life. He said, he's the straightest he's ever been in 30 years. I said, well, praise be to God. That's good. How many know that's good? Guess what? Some of you know what I'm talking about. There was decades you were messed up. There were seasons. Somebody stopped loving you. Who cares? Just because somebody stopped loving you don't mean you're not lovable. So uh, the business crashed. Big deal. Get up. Let's go again. Oh, you made a mistake. Get up. Let's go. If you keep living in regret, all you're going to do is keep what? Duplicating the past. He said, one thing I do. I focus on forgetting the past and I press for the prize of the future in front of me. If you're going to make it to the place God wants to bring you to, you're going to have to forget about past mistakes. Wipe the slate clean. Bury the past. Put it in the ground. Go to the grave site and say, that's done. Let's go. Get up. Change your life. Stop living in regret and focus on the future and press because life is worth pressing for. Now, here's where I would get there. Well, that's great, Pastor. How do we do it? Well, after you've gone to the funeral of your past that you can do nothing about, you're going to have to put elements together of focus. Now, let me tell you something about this. Who and what has your focus? That's what you got to ask. Who's got your focus? What's got your Worry's got your focus. This has got your focus. That's got your focus. What are you focusing on? Because here's the thing. If you don't focus on your future and your success, guess what you're going to do? You're going to get all messed up. Focusing on something. How many professional worriers in here? Don't raise your hand. You know what I mean? Professional. You got a PhD in worrying. Worrying about this and worry about that. And worry about, worry about, worry about. How many worry about worrying? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you ever go on a trip with those people that worry about worrying? Man, you wear me out, bro. I'm like, what? You know what I'm saying? How many got PhDs in worrying? Everybody's like, my wife's like that. No, no, just, no, no, no. You ever been like that? Nah, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? You got your focus. 
I don't know, you know, maybe your future, your career, everything's got your focus. No, 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 it's okay. These are things you need to have. Now, listen, nobody wants you walking around like a goofy person. You have to have some, you know, understanding of where you're going, but I can't be worried about it. Worry is just fear. That's all it is. So if you worry about this and you're worried about that or you're focused over here, how do I get my focus dialed in on God? That's what today's about. Because we've got to get focused. Because here, remember I told you, you're not going to want to focus on God. You have to make yourself focus on God. Amen. Now, it gets quiet when you talk like that. But how many of you know that's reality? Amen. You know? You get up in the first thing in the morning, you're going to have to force yourself to focus on God. Because by natural instinct, you're not going to. You ever notice how the first idea usually you have is negative before it becomes a positive one? You have to fight through the negative to get to the positive? Do you realize focus is a force that most people will never really achieve? But if you don't focus, you're going to have broken dreams everywhere you go. The force of focus must meet the law of vision. They have to collide. Otherwise, you can't get there. So all you do is repeat the past. That's why everybody gets excited about a new year, right? Oh, I'm so excited. Why? It's going to be the same year like every other year until you what? Change the things you're doing within the structure of that year. Everybody wants to get a new planner, right? Oh, I got a new planner. I got a new calendar. It's going to change my world. No, you're going to do the same stupid stuff you've been doing the last 20 years of your life. You got to get the internal focus to change. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, they want to tell you, well, you know, you should be, you should be focused on the Lord. Yeah, let me tell you right here and now, you're going to have to force yourself to focus on the Lord. You have to force yourself to get in prayer. You have to force yourself to pray in tongues. You have to force yourself to be spiritual. You don't, you don't allow. Relationship will occur after discipline has been discovered. Yes. It's first a discipline before it ever becomes a relationship. That's good. And then like, are you passionate about it? No. Are you passionate about being married all the time? You're lying. You, you're a rookie. That's why you're excited. I used, I used, used to. I, I, I called you out this morning, Pop. I'm sorry. I love you. You're my dad. You're amazing. I said, after 50-something years, I said, he don't look too passionate about everything going on. <laughs> Friend, I looked at him the other day, I said, bro, you look like you better go downwind because you're in trouble, Papa. You're in a lot of trouble right now. That's 50-something years right there, 54 years married. That joker don't look passionate about everything, I'm telling you right now. So you walk with God. It's like a marriage, right? It's like you wake up every day, you're happy, but you ain't always passionate. Right. Come on. Yep. I ain't talking about kissing. Everybody's excited about kissing, but I'm talking about when you ain't kissing. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Running after God with passion is going to have to become a what? It's going to have to become a desire even when you don't feel it. You better say amen. I'm preaching way better than y'all amen to me. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to get in trouble because you're like, if I flinch right now, she's going to slap me, and we're going to talk about this on the car ride home. I'm not saying nothing. You do it, Pastor Chris. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's why you, you, you go through seasons when not everything's passionate, but you're still committed. True. And you're maybe not passionate, but you're still engaged. True. You got to do this with God. It's a relationship. Yeah. You ever have some relationship? You ever go through some seasons with God? Feels like you in heaven. Yeah. You ever go through some relationship? I don't want to say. <laughs> starts with the other age. <laughs> <laughs> kind of starts out like heaven, but doesn't really got L's in the back. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, man? So like, God, if you're here, you better show up. You know, God, oh, yeah, this is great. Yeah, this is great. I'm in my destiny. (laughs) 
Y'all lying in church. Cut out. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, this is wonderful. This is destiny. I feel like I'm losing my mind. Nothing's working right. But guess what? He's still there. So how do you run passion? How many are you pat? Okay, all you passionate people. How many of you are all passionate when it feels like you're running through that mess? No. Feels like you're barely breathing for crying out loud and you're trying to make it, but I got to keep pressing because there's a prize ahead of me. Even though I can't see it and I don't know what it is, I still got to be pushing for it because I know it's more real than what I'm feeling right now. So how do I get there? You ever ask yourself? Here's some ways to remember this. I'm going to give you a couple simple ways. To get, and write these down because you ain't going to remember them, right? Number one, okay? Remember this. Maybe I'm pursuing the wrong thing. Maybe I'm pursuing the right thing. Whenever we focus on God's, this is a big one too. Let me give you this before we go. Whenever we focus on God's restrictions rather than his provisions, we can't help but doubt his goodness and the generosity of God. We question his love. That's what happened in the garden, right? So whenever we focus on God's restrictions rather than his provisions, we can't help but doubt the goodness and generosity of God. And that's what happened with that. Oh, you can't eat at a tree. They started looking at the restrictions, and instead of, when you start looking, like, so say this is the tree, right? Just say, like, this is the tree here, right? So say, okay, this is the tree. And God's like, you can do anything, but just don't, don't touch that, Right? So when they didn't look at everything else he provided and they just looked at the one thing they were restricted from, they questioned his love and his generosity. More his love, though. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, you can't have that? You can have all this, but the one thing, when you focus on the restrictions of God, you really don't really see the love of God because really the reason why he didn't want them to touch the tree was he knew that if they go and eat that fruit, they're going to destroy their life. So love was the thing that restricted them but if you only see the restriction, you'll never see his love. Stop looking at what God has told you not to touch and look at all the great things God has given you. Changes your perspective about God. God loves me so much. He's with me. He's for me. He's got, he's got to be helping me. I can't see it. Sometimes he's invisible. Well, he's always invisible, but sometimes I don't look like it's working. How many of you know sometimes it don't look like it's working? <laughs> That's what you got to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen, right? Like, Boy, God, if you're in this one, sure beats it. I don't see it. <laughs> you ever been there? Yeah. Don't you guys have fun with God? Yes. I have a blast with God all day long. Oh, I got a lot of questions. One of the questions, you know, my buddy said something the other day. He had a really good question. It was kind of cool. He's like, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? Wow. I was like, that's a great question. I wanna, I'm, I'm going to ask that when I get to heaven. Where I come up with this stuff, man? If you guys don't make me laugh, I'm going to laugh on my own. Come on. Here, number one. Point number one. Ready? Think about this. First thing I got to do is remind myself. Just write them down. They're quick. They're easy. I got to remind myself that God is greater than it all. I got to remember that God is greater than it all. He's greater than all this stuff I go through. He's greater than the marital problem. He's greater than the financial problem. He's greater than the problem you're going on with the kids, whatever's going on, the battles you get. God's greater than it all. Sounds simple, but you got to remember that. God's greater. Amen. He's greater than everything you're going to face. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And sometimes it might not look like you're winning, but you always win. He always gives us victory. I got to remember God's greater. I got I to put that in the, uh, the forefront of my mind. That God's greater than the doctor's report. Come on. God's greater than what they said. 
Yeah, we got a miracle. That's a, that was a miracle. They said they had paperwork, came home from the hospital, said this, they did. I had it. I had copies of it. I'm not going to tell you all the details. But they went, and you know what I'm talking about. They went, they had paperwork, came back from the hospital, said this is what it is. I said, okay, that's what they say, but what does God say? Amen. And look, I, I love doctors. I go to mine, I listen to what he tells me. We had doctors in here for a long time. You know, I said, that's great. That's what you say, but what's the word of God say? We stood on the word of God. We believe, we receive. 419, August, April. Sorry, whatever it was. Four, whatever it was. No, it's February, I think. 419, I remember I looked at my clock. I said, it would be like right now, 1132. We believe, we receive. That's all we're going to say from this moment forward. We ain't saying nothing different. So we did. Everybody did. What did we get? We got what we said. Yes. Come on, Mom. We get what we say. That's God. Yeah, you got to start. Oh, why do you get so extreme, Pastor Chris? Because one day we're going to have to fight hell. That's why. And when it's time to fight hell, you all better know what heaven said. Because hell ain't stopping. You know what I mean? It comes at you. And then what are you going to do? What the doctor said. Okay, well, what the Bible said. We understand. Thanks, Doc. Appreciate you. Just needed a name. But we got the word. Come on, that's where we live. That's, what, that's all we got. And we push. So you see what I'm saying? So what I got to know, God's greater than a doctor's report. God's greater than what they told you. When you start with your marriage, you can make it. Oh, he can't make it. Yes, you can. God's great. They told the kid can't do it. Don't worry about it. The kids are going to be fine. We're going to speak the word over these kids. We're going to speak what God said over them. We're going to believe what the word of God said. And guess what? And here's the good news. Guess what? If it doesn't work out just the way we thought it was going to work out, oh, well, God will comfort our heart. There you go. I got it covered on all bases. Just go with God and don't leave God. God is greater than what you're facing. You got to remember that. Don't forget it. Doesn't look like it doesn't make a difference. God is greater than it all. And one of the things you got to realize with that is this, is that I think this is big things that we got to get here and, and kind of pull this in, is that if greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, which the Bible says for sure, and he said that he gave us the ability, I started thinking about, I started thinking about 2 Corinthians 10 the other day, how he said the weapons of our warfare, you want to look at that? Second Corinthians 10.3, sometimes you got to get a, fr a fresh up, you know what I mean? You get a little checkup in there. But I, I think you need to look at that, and we, we can read it in the King James, it's fine. And when you look at this, it kind of got me thinking, for we walk, for we walk, we got to walk. Just look at this, because I think this can help you get this. For though we walk, that's a little, I just, I flipped it for him, so if you look at that, yeah, that's great. They did. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, just, there's, there's a battle going on. You can't just fight this thing with flesh. You got to stay spiritual in the state. Yeah. Look what the next verse says. It says what? For the weapons of our warfare are what? No. They are not carnal. That means they're not fleshy. Don't get all fancy. What that mean? You ain't going to go out there with your fist up and start punching people. Right. It's spiritual. Amen. See what it says there, right? But mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Those are just, those, that's where the mind is, man. Your mind is where the battle is. You know what I'm saying? Because you get up and you go through life and then your head's telling you, all this goofy stuff. You know, we mind deal. Cast down imaginations, you know, big things, but it's in between your ears. That's why we got all this stuff going on out here with people. You know, their mind is so oppressed. But you can't, you can't, you can't medicate it. You can't, you, you have to take authority over this stuff. You see what I'm You got to take authority. So look what it says there. Cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now watch this part. And bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's the big thing. Where'd it come from? You got to question what's in your head. Where'd it come from? Where'd it come from? Because if it didn't come from God, you got to discipline it. Look what the next verse says. All right? And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So what's my obedience to fulfill? 
grab every thought. Did you get it? Where'd it come from? I'm going to help you now. Give me five minutes. I'm only going to need 10 more minutes. Okay? So here's, here's your deal. When it comes in your head, you have to have what I call, write these down. It's good stuff. Th- thought identification. Where, you have to identify where your thoughts came from. Because not everything, see, and this is what people think. And the kids, man, I really feel for the kids. Because the parents are stupid and the world's nuts. No, I'm being serious. Not our kids, Christian kids. But these kids out here, you know, they got all these things coming at them, like all this gender stuff and all that stuff. It's all just a thought, man. That's all it is. That's all that it is, man. That ain't, that ain't, that ain't who you are. It's a thought. Don't get me going, dude, bro, because, you know, I, I don't compromise. That's why I got security in here. I got security in here because you can't get me. <laughs> they can't get me. You think they're going to get me? They ain't going to get me. I'm too quick. Don't get me meddling. You know what I'm saying? But this is what happens. The thought comes to these kids or comes to you, and then they don't grab it and identify it. You understand what I mean by that? You understand? They don't identify it. They're, oh, that's, that's what I am. You don't even know who you are. Nine, 90% of you don't know who you are. That's why I come in here and train you who you are. You want to know why? Because you reject what you hear. You know, you'll reject the Bible until somebody validates it in your life and confirms you can believe it. It's true. It's a law. See, the, you know why it gets quiet? He confirms it. So I got to say it's law. You will not agree with what the word of God says about you until someone confirms you can believe it. Because you'll read it and you'll reject it because you know you better. Because nobody's lied to you more than you. I said, why do I need to be validated? Because nobody's lied to me more than me. So somebody's got to come in and say, you can believe that about you because it's true. Even though you don't believe it's true about you because you know you better than anybody else. And that's why your relationship with a voice in the earth is the most important relationship because I don't know who I am unless somebody can identify me. And then I just agree with what they identify that I can believe. And that's how it works. But this is important because it comes in my head and if I don't know how to shut it down, I'll start believing lies and now I start believing lies and now I got worry, I got fear, I got fright, I got all this stuff God never had me at. But just know this, God's greater than all of it. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it, but I promise you he'll do it. Because you want to know why? He ain't never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. Come on. Come on. Eternally victorious. Undefeated champion of the world. Come on. He's undefeated heavyweight champion of the world. His name's God. Amen. He ain't losing no battle. He ain't never lost a battle, never will. And if you're on his side, all you got is victory, 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 victory. Somebody say what? Victory. I can't hear you. What? What do you call it? Victory, 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 and more victory. Amen. Why? Because he ain't never lost a battle. He ain't about to start right now. Glory be to God. Look at this. Point number two. Now I got to understand this. Remember this, and don't forget it. God has given you unlimited power. Okay? You got that? You got unlimited power. He's greater than it, and you got more power. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. You got power over the enemy. You got power over your thoughts. You got power over all this stuff. Don't forget, you got power to overcome. You got to tap into that power. You got spiritual strength. According to his spirit, you've been empowered by your inner man to overcome. You know? You got to realize that, because if you don't realize that, what will happen sometimes is this. God has all power. What do we use there? That Second Chronicles 
That 2 Chronicles 20, verse 7. Remember, Jehoshaphat had the great fight, and he said these words. He said, he went down there. You remember, Jehoshaphat shouted. He said, go to the edge of the battle. You know, Jehoshaphat, five armies or something like that came again. It was insurmountable odds coming against Jehoshaphat. And he's like, he freaked out and prayed and broke down and said, God, I need you. Declare the fast. Got all excited. Goes down, and God says, you know, you know God, right? God's so crazy. I'm telling you, God is out of his mind. Okay, I said it, you didn't say it, but God is crazy, okay? So you're going against five military regimes loaded, strapped with weaponry and ready to come destroy you. And God tells Jehoshaphat, hey, I got a great idea for you, Jehoshaphat. Go down to the edge of the battle and shout. (laughs) Say that again, God. What do you want me to do? I want you to go down there. Battle arrayed men are waiting for you to destroy you. And they're probably, you know, uh, but I need you to go down there. Yeah, you and your team of 12. Go down there and shout. When I tell you to shout, just give a real good shout, and everything's going to work out great. I don't know about you, but I'd be running in the other direction. <laughs> Can you imagine going down to the edge of the battle and get down there? And what am I? How about God? I go, all right, wait a minute. I would be cool if God, I go down there, and at the, I get to the edge of the battle, and you send fire from heaven and destroy all my enemies. Sounds like a great idea. Let's go with that one. I like that one. That's a good one. Let's do it. How about this? All right, you don't want to do that? Okay, how about I go down to the edge of the battle, and you like open the earth, and they all fall in, and I don't see them no more. And it goes great, and it's wonderful, and we go, and I win. Yeah, I won. <laughs> this guy, I like that. That's cool. No, go down to the edge. Are you crazy? Somebody's smoking dope, bro. Come on, stop. Wait, wait. Go down to the edge of the battle and shout. Yeah, because you have to realize it's not your ability. It's not your strength. It's not your might. It's not your power. It's not your anointing. It's mine. And if you go down there in your strength, you can see my strength. Guess what? And that's it because that's all you got. You know you can't win. But I'm not going to give you everything up front. You got to go down the edge of the battle and shout. That's where trust and faith comes in. See it? So I don't know about you. I would have quit. But look right here what he says. Did not what? You, O God, drive out the inhabitants of the land before the people of Israel and give it to what? Forever the descendants of Abraham. Didn't you do it? Did you not, God? When you realize that God has all the power in the world, you can trust him. And when you pray... Think of all the ways God has helped you before and helped everybody else in the Bible. If he helped them, he's going to help you. What's your prayer life look like when you think God might do it? When you think, you got to have your confidence, man. Confidence in God that he's for me. He wants me to win. He wants me to have victory. Every prayer I pray, he's behind. Come on, somebody. Stop looking at your lifestyle to determine your position in prayer and understand your position in prayer has been determined before your lifestyle ever showed up. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And when you ask God anything according to his word, 1 John 5, 4, and 15 and this is the confidence I have in him that if I ask anything according to his word I know he hears me and if I know he hears me I know he grants me the petition that which I ask God's on your side come on next point is this point number three God's always true to his promises man you better get that one down God is always true to his promises don't forget that one. God is true. 
to his promises. Amen? Yeah. All you guys getting ready to go get baptized, this is your cue. If you're getting baptized today, just kind of jump up and slip out and go in the back and the foyer. It's okay. You're forgiven for moving in church. Maybe don't go down the middle aisle, though. You're trapped in here. You can't. You got to go that way. Or something. Everybody exit to that way. If you're going to get water baptized, exit that way. Exit that way. Because they're going to get you guys ready. We're going to be doing baptism. This is going to be fun, man. You need to stay for this. Glory to God. Don't mind all the movement. Look at Hebrews chapter 6. I want you to see this. You got to always remember this, that God is true to his promises. Amen. Can't forget that. Might not, know, might not know a lot of stuff about how, but look at this. Because this, this is life-changing right here. I mean, I think right here, this is good. You can hit it. This, is, um, this really is life-changing because I think when we see the, 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 the value and the validity of the promises of God, your life changes forever because God's so faithful. Look at this. So Abraham waited patiently in faith and succeeded in seeing the promise fulfilled. This is when Abraham was believing for Isaac. Abraham, what? You can go back. Let them see that real slow. Let them just focus. Sometimes the movement, I know, breaks the moment, but it's okay. Abraham waited patiently in faith. Because anybody, you know, this don't look like it's happening, man. Nothing looks like it's working. Everybody looks dead. But he's, he waited patiently in faith and succeeded. Faith and patience isn't easy, but God's faithful. But look what he says. It is very common... For when people swear an oath by something greater than themselves, for the earth, or the oath will confirm their statements and end all dispute. So what is he saying this? He said, now watch, you can see it in 17. It really makes it clear. Just read that slow. Go to 17. So in the same way, God wanted to end all doubt and confirmed it even more forcefully to those who inherited his promise. That's me and you. Okay? So his purpose was unchangeable, so God added his vow to his promise. So God did this. He put his vow, his promise, and his oath and put it together. So here's how this works, right? Be like a merger, right? You got a larger company, you got a smaller company. When a smaller company merges with the bigger company, now we all became a big company. When the greater merges with the lesser, you become what? You become the stronger, right? Everybody what? Wherever you commit, commit an oath of covenant, you go from where you were to what the person is you came in covenant with. Here's what he said. He said, God had the promise. Just like the promise and the oath came together, he will not change his mind. Now look at verse 18. You need to see this. So it is impossible for God to lie. Now we know that. We say that. I think, I think most of the time we believe that. But let's ask ourselves the true question, man. Do we ever sometimes go, man, God, come on, really? Well, here's what you got to remember. It is impossible for God to lie. We know that his promise and his vow will never change. God don't change. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness, man. You can trust God. Even when it don't look like stuff's going on, you can trust. This is what? Where we find his strength and comfort. There we go back. I can't do it. Good, you're in good company. He didn't ask you to do it. He said, get my strength and complete it. He don't want you doing it alone. He's going to strengthen you, encourage you, and help you. Look at this, right? But put that up there. Let me see it. Look at this. This is so good. I like this part right here. Where it said about comfort, 
Yeah, you got to put that back up there. I don't know what you're doing. All right. Now you see me. That's a nice shiny head, right? Where we find his strength and comfort for he what? He empowers us to seize. I don't know. They got just me, but we'll get it. That thing's been jerky all day, right? To do what? To seize what has already been established. Where? Ahead of time. What do you mean ahead of time? Well, before you got here, he laid it out. Before you placed it, he laid it out. What do you mean before you got here? He already got to play it out. Where we find is what? Strength. We find is what? Comfort. We find what? Empowers us to do what? To seize what has already been established at a time. Unshakable hope. Who did that? God. So what I do? I trust the steps I'm taking because hope's been laid out before me. Look at this. We have this certain hope like a what? We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold where Jesus, the forerunner, has gone in before us and now forever a royal priest. Make any mediation for me and you. But here's what I want you to know. What do I got to do? I can't trust in my ability. Got to trust in his ability. Can't trust in my power. Got to trust in his power. Can't trust in my promise. Got to trust in his promise. That's all you got to do. You got to start looking at those things. Go, God can't lie. God can't lie. Well, it ain't work out yet. He can't lie. You know, you know, what, you know where this got me? Check this out. And this, we're done. Right? I didn't, remember when, remember when Jesus was getting ready to go, go see Lazarus? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And he would go do these miracles and stuff like that. And he'd go places. And I was like, man. And he'd go place here and go there. And it was like good. I remember Jesus was like, hey, we're going to just go chill out. We're going to wait a little bit. And, you know, everything's going to be good. And Jesus would say, I'm going to do this. And he said, you know, all this stuff won't end in death. You know what I mean? He said, it won't end in death. No big deal, you know. And he said, and he, and he hung around a couple of days. And he, and, and he was like, oh, it's going to be good. It's all going to work out. Y'all know the story, right? And he said, oh, no, it's no big deal. He's like, cool, we're going to hang out. And he said, oh, he's sick. You know, he's sick. He said, my servant's always sick. It's okay. He's going to get better. And then he said, no, he's not sick. And then he hung around a little bit more. And he said, oh, guys, it's good. We'll go. And he goes, oh, no, he's dead. He's dead. You just said he wasn't going to end in death. Right? And now he's dead. I don't know about you, but I would have looked in the one ads for a new job because following Jesus is like, he's crazy. He's like, what do you mean? You told me he's sick and then he's sick because he got healed. I don't know. Why didn't the guy, well, he's dead. He said, no, I won't end in death. And he shows up when there's in total impossibility and he tells him what? Hey, you come up out of there. And he comes out. And you know, I always ask God, I said, well, that's kind of like not telling the truth. He said, no, 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 no. He said, I didn't say he said this. He said, I didn't say he wasn't going to die. I just said it isn't going to end in death. You can't see everything sometimes. It looks like it's bad and gone worse. He said, no, you don't know who I am. I'm going to show up when it's impossible. Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm not going to show up when there's any hope. 
and just show you that I'm the God of hope. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Can you imagine? Oh, it ain't going to end in dead. Joker's dead. He's so dead, he's four days dead. He stinks. He said, no, 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 no. Tell him come out now. Tell him to come out now when it's impossible. Tell him to come out now when there was no hope. Let me show you the God of the resurrection life. Let me show you the God of the supernatural. Let me show you who you are. I didn't say it wasn't going to go down. I just told you it ain't going to end like this. Listen, guys, it might not look like it's supposed to be, but I promise you God's in charge of it, and it's going to work out just the way it has to be. It might not look like he's moving, but I promise you he's going to resurrect some stuff in your life. He didn't forget about you. He didn't leave you behind. He didn't stop. He He's moving on your behalf right now, and you're going to see him move in the end in Jesus' mighty name. You believe it today? Then come on, stand up on your feet. Glory to God, I believe it. Come on. Woo! Come on, lift your hands to heaven, close your eyes. This is what it's about. Today's about this. Man, I'm seeking him. Woo! Today I'm seeking him. I don't know about you, but today I'm seeking him. Close your eyes, lift your hands to heaven. Today I'm seeking him. Come on, glory, 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 glory. I'm seeking him today. I'm believing him today. I'm believing him today. Come on. Now this one, you only close your eyes. You're going to start pressing again. Some of you stop pressing for a season. You stop pressing. You know what I mean? Got on the side track, side track a little bit. You know, like, man, what about my calling? What about my purpose? What about the plan God's going to? You're going to press again. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm up. You're going to press again. You're going to push again. You're going to persevere. You're going to succeed. You're going to have great success. You have spiritual success. And you're going to accomplish everything God called you to do. Your press is getting ready to happen again. It's getting ready to happen again. You're going to press supernaturally. And you're going to overcome everything that God has fought. So you can overcome because you can do it. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, I thank you for blessing them. I thank you for keeping them. I thank you for watching them. God, I thank you for pressing in their life supernaturally. And let them become people that can walk through not just the pressure of life, but they can walk into the supernatural success that you have for them. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everybody said, Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.